As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute and I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers podcast. I am Mark Lazarus. I am joined as always by Scott Powers. We're from The Athletic. Uh, Scott, how are you doing? It snowed this morning and I'm kind of pissed about it. Yeah, it's... Uh... God, it was just 70 degrees, wasn't it, last week? Or I was just 70... in L.A., yeah. Yeah, you were in L.A., yeah. Was, uh... I'll tell you what, like, like, there's a lot of things that have been making me feel old lately. I mean, I had kidney stones over the weekend in L.A. Let me tell you, that was a good time. I've been dealing with all this blood pressure. I'm on this low-sodium diet. I'm a very old man these days. Nothing makes me feel – I have eight pill bottles in my toiletry bag right now because of all this stuff last weekend. Eight. That's how old I am. But nothing makes me feel older than when I wake up in the morning, I look outside, I see snow, I go, oh, shit. And my kids are like, yeah, snow. And I'm like, oh, God damn it, snow. Like I used to be excited about snow. Even in my 20s, I was excited about snow. But now it's just like, all I can think about is snow blowing and just muddy, sweaty, uh, wet jackets and boots and the dog and just the, oh, the house is just covered in mud. And what a pain in the ass. Yeah, I left the jacket up in the press box last night. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, it's that time of year, you know? Like, it's just... Um, the gray hair is making me feel old. Like, that's that's the thing oh. that's been getting to me lately. It's just... Been... I've, I've had that since my early 30s, so I've kind of long... I, yeah, I, I don't I, know. I, I, I got gray glasses because I was tired of the black glasses offsetting all the gray. I wanted it to, like, look at least somewhat coordinated. Yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, the snow just... It, it's... Yeah, no, I, I think I've been... Yeah, I've been angry at the snow for many years. So I... <laughs> especially in November, like you got to at least it, it, it's like it's like, you know, just at least wait till Thanksgiving, you know? Yeah, Give, yeah. But still Thanksgiving. It, it, I don't think fall. this is going to I don't think this is very long. I, the weather has been so decent, you know, for most of the fall. So I'm not going to complain. Yeah. I just yeah. But the just, leaf it, truck hasn't even come to suck up the leaves yet. I mean, I got wet. Now I got snow covered leaves sitting out in front of my house. It's just a pain in the ass. Well, there's a leaf truck. Yeah, it's weird here. Uh, they, here in Indiana, they have like a, like a giant vacuum cleaner truck. Oh. Uh, you, you you take your leaves and you push them to the curb, and they just come by once in a while and just suck them all up. Oh, that's where you're. That's so really they strange. don't have they don't have snow plows, but they have a leaf truck. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's what our three our thirteen dollars of taxes go to is one deep truck <laughs> that comes by once a month. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I learned something about Indiana every day. Yeah, when I was a kid in New York, we always had to bag them up. This you just you just you you rake them to the curb, and then a windy day comes along, and they're all back on your on your lawn. It's really stupid. Yeah. Um. I don't know what I I I guess the city just takes care of our leaves. Yeah, you're a city part. boy. You got you got you don't have to worry about this kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I, I I do pay a lot of money to have that done for me as well. <laughs> uh, so hockey, yeah, um, hockey's still going on. Yeah, um, I'm glad you're uh, I'm glad you're feeling better. That was uh, I feel like that. Yeah, can, can you believe that my kids didn't want to see the kidney stone? Really? I was so disappointed in them. When I was 10 years old, I would have been like, ah, oh, gross. Let me see. They wanted no part of it. So what are you doing with it? Oh, it's gone. Oh, <laughs> I, took, I, I took a picture of it. I'm like, do you want to see? They're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> amazing uh, that something so small can cause that much pain oh god right like, like it's th- like i'd like to think i have a high tolerance for pain i've got all kinds i have like four spinal conditions i'm used to being in pain i had never ever experienced anything like this it was yeah. so horrible so of, of what you remember about the hockey <laughs> <laughs> um it, yeah. it, it was it was typical 2022 blackhawks hockey right where they were outplayed by la they were outplayed by anaheim for much of it and they got three out of four points because that's what they do, right? They hang around and they hang around. But against the Carolina Hurricanes, who are probably going to win the Stanley Cup this year, uh, at least they're my pick, uh, you can't hang around, hang around playing, getting overwhelmed because they're going to beat you. It's weird because the yesterday game, they were like the first period, like they, they start off the game with the power play. And they, the power I think the power plays looked a lot better since they've switched it up. Like they're creating chances. They're not scoring it, but they're creating chances. And then. Um, and then, then Carolina outplays them five on five and they get down to nothing. And then the Blackhawks kind of do what they do or they just, uh, they don't give any more like um, grade A chances and they stuck in the game and they had some chances and it felt like if they just scored one goal, all of a sudden you put a little pressure on Carolina and kind of creeps in and then, you know, that, that's opened the door. And then, um, yeah, Caleb Jones just had a, a massive mishap with, uh, with the turnover. We, he's trying to break out and he's, he's looking at, you know, he's trying to make a, pass from behind the nets in the neutral zone to free someone but it's just um he had yeah, a terrible cool. game in la too he's had a rough little go here yeah and then and, and i you know i, I feel like Ruge, luke richardson has a pretty good like handle on some of this like caleb jones is playing more than he probably should you know like a lot of these guys are playing more than they should and um it, it, it leads when you're on the ice more often you there's more likelihood that you're going to make a mistake you know like it's so you know, the, the simple pass was the easy breakout and he tried to go up ice and it, and it cost him. And then, you know, down three, nothing. It, it, it's, it's sort of that hope vanishes. So, but yeah, it was, it was strange. Cause it, it, you know, I, I tweeted out the numbers in the first period with the five on five and it was, it was so lopsided. And as the game went, went along and some of the score effects and, you know, or just Blackhawks more aggressive and Carolina's playing back a little bit more, it got more even, but it, yeah, it, it, it never felt like, it's it still doesn't feel like last season, you know. It doesn't feel like they're being exposed. Like there's chances where like it's like wow, how did that guy get that open or that you know? Like it, it happens occasionally just because they'll spend too much time in the D zone or or something. You know, there's a, is it a breakdown? But it, it doesn't happen as frequently. And um, yeah, I I, I still I, I you know like when you look at the record now, with they're six six and three. Um, you know, they're out of the playoffs, I think, now. And, <clears throat> I, you know, like whether they get back in it, I think it'll be pretty challenging throughout the season. Um, and they're probably closer to the bottom. I think they're with the 22nd team in the league right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess the positive still is that I think it's still, it's still, yeah, they don't look 
You know, like it's not as horrific as we thought. And th- there are things in the system that with better players, you can see how it could lead to something, you know? Yeah. And I, I think if anything, we're seeing just how foolish the idea of tanking is. I mean, look at who are the two worst teams in the league right now. It's Anaheim, who just went out and, you know, they added John Klingberg. They've got Trevor Zegras and Troy Terry. They've got some, they got a, a great goalie in John Gibson. They're de- and Columbus, who went out and signed Johnny Gaudreau this summer. So it's really, and, and I, you know, I talked to Kyle Davidson before the Anaheim game, and he kind of said this, and a lot of it's spin, obviously, but it is really hard to purposely finish last place. It's really hard to call your shot and say, we're going to finish in this spot in the standings because there is a ton of parity in the league. It is a fluky sport. And, you know, it doesn't take much to go from 30th first place to 22nd place. It takes a decent coach. It takes a couple of uh, unexpected players like a Lafferty and a Dickinson. And and all of a sudden, you're the ninth worst team in the league. It's just so hard. And the Blackhawks very well could regress to the mean here and finish toward the bottom. But it's, you wonder if like, oh, it's, look, Kevin Korczynski might wind up being the next Caleb McCarr. And if he does, then that's a great trade. But the fact is, with Alex Dabrinkit, Dylan Strom, and Dominic Kubalik on this team, you have a playoff team right now. If they're playing in this system and they're all playing together and, and, and Richardson's identity isn't somehow, you know, dampened by those guys, and I don't see why they would. I know the knock on Strom is he doesn't work hard, but, you know, a coach brings out brings out the best in you in theory. You wonder, like, well, maybe did they have to do it this way? Because it's not, it's they're not going to finish thirty second probably, and, and it's not going to pay off. Yeah, I, I still, I, I mean, I was going through the metrics this morning, but they're oh, they're stati- bad. Statistically, they're they're among the top, I guess, bottom second. You know, I think they're the worst team in in Corsi. Like they're the same. But you, but you overcome that with goaltending. The goaltending's been surprisingly good, yeah. and you overcome that with hard work. We yeah. know that, and this team's going to work hard. Yeah, I just I, I guess I'm at this point. I'm not surprised if they don't finish. Like I, I I think I'm based on what we've seen. Like they, I just I don't know how sustainable it is, right? Like it's just it's these games. Like the Anaheim game is so fluky, right? Like it just it's a game where you're outplayed, and yeah, can Morazic hold up? Like yeah, I mean if the goaltending holds up, then then you do it. You I just got three guys, three guys that have <laughs> proven they can play pretty well. Yeah, I, I think the Blackhawks want to get Soderbloom down at the Rockford so he doesn't help I'll tell you, anymore. <laughs> Soderbloom's legit, man. That guy oh, yeah, is no, be a really yeah. good goalie in the future. Yeah, no, like I said, Peter Aubrey was was pretty uh, pretty open about how good he thought he could be, and so yeah, I, Blackhawks want to get Staylock healthy and, and Soderbloom in Rockford so he's not uh, yeah he's not helping the the tank too much. Yeah, no, so, I, I, I I I get what you're saying. I just I I don't know. I I, I think you need an elite you need some elite players and this is the path to it. You know, like um, I, I think the Blackhawks also understand that they, they need that too. Like it's um, I, I question if next year might be worse than this year, you know, like like the challenge is you lose Kane and Taves, like you need to fill up cap space, but how aggressive are you going to be getting players? Are you just going to overpay for players or how, how are they going to do that? You know, like it's, I, I keep on thinking this is the bad year, but if this year ends up being better than expected, like, does he just double down and go for it again next season? Right. I, I, I haven't even looked at the 2024 draft class yet. Good God. Is there another Bedard in there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know anything. I I think we had a... We had a too early ranking. Yeah, yeah too early ranking. Remember, remember Shane, Shane Wright was going to be the next uh, generational talent, too, and then he wound up being fourth overall and benched, so... It's hard to but I, I, I think Connor Bedard is at a different like it's yeah no I know I'm just saying yeah, it's hard yeah. to predict this early you know, no for sure yeah yeah no. yeah I mean these are now. 16 year olds right like they're projecting yeah. now um but uh no I, I guess what were, what were your takeaways from I mean you, you get the you got some time with with Davidson what what did you take away from that the question those conversation 
You know, it, it, it reminds me of a lot of the conversations with Stan Bowman, where it's a lot of spin. It's a lot of putting a happy face on things. But I, I genuinely, I, 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 I buy it from Davidson to some degree. Like, I think he desperately wants Connor Bedard. I don't think there's any question about that. He knows that that's a huge thing. But he sees that, you know, there, there's there, there's so much to be happy about if you're Kyle Davidson right now. He looks like you got the right coach, right? He's doing it the right way. He's not he 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 has he walks that fine line between tough but you know forgiving because it's a young team. He's he's out there teaching and coaching every day, not just running drills. Uh, and there's clearly an identity being formed. The pro scouting under Kyle Davidson has been excellent. Everyone they add seems to be a nice fit. You think of turning Alex Nylander into Sam Lafferty. You think of turning cap space into Jason Dickinson. These are quality players that are making a difference night in and night out for your team. And you don't have Seth Jones right now. And Patrick Kane is underperforming and you're still hanging in all these games. There's a lot to be happy about. There's a lot. There, there's a there's a, a foundation being set here. Now, that being said, you and I talk about all the time how you don't win championships without superstars yeah and you know you only get superstars usually by getting really really lucky in the draft or drafting in the top three or four or five uh so it is still important that they do that they set that table like i i may not like tanking but they have already done it so now you have to follow through on it you have to get a superstar out of next year's draft no matter where you sit and that's kind of what davidson said he's like look wherever we are we need to hit on it and if that's seventh you got to hit on it. you got to do better than an adam boquist you got to do better than you know, uh, um, some kind of mid-tier second-pairing guy or third-line winger. you got to get a superstar. And this is the draft to do that. It's, it's not just the big three. It's not just Bedard, Fantilli, and Mitchkov. There's a lot to like in this draft from what everyone's saying. But you're going to really have to nail that because otherwise this whole season is almost a waste. It's a really forward-heavy draft from what I've heard, and I, I think the Blackhawks are going to end up with three first-round picks. I think they get a first-rounder for, for Kane. Um so yeah, I, I you need you need elite players. Like I mean, I guess we'll see what Nazar is. I mean, he, he's still you know he's still hurt, and um, you know like guys like Ryan Green at BU seems like he he has some yeah. promise, and uh, you know they they like some of these guys, but yeah, you need like it feels like a lot of these guys are complimentary right now. Like you need yeah you need that elite talent. Like you just need um, especially if you're gonna lose, you know and. I think right now you're you're seeing a bit with Kane too, where he's just he's not, like like Domi's played well, but he, he plays a different style, and I think Kane's adjusting. Um, and and him and Kirsch, I've had a moment last year, last night with was like kind of the like kind of give and go play, and um and and I feel like it was a game that Kane's kind of got accustomed to with Panarin and Debrinkit, like those were his two most consistent line mates over the last five years. Like, um, not that he can't play a different style, but it's like it's it's how he. You know, like it's how he gets open. I, he it's how he gets other players open. So it's it's you know, and the CU is a little bit different. And um, now playing with Kurashev, it's just you know, Kurashev still finding that consistency. So um, you know, I I think you know how they switched up on the power play, and it's it's opened up Kane a little bit, and certainly opened up Domi on the other side. Um, yeah, they need to figure out a little bit on five on five because they're not really consistently producing. No one's really consistently producing a five on five or just. Um, I think last night the the best line was Kachuk and uh, Lafferty and Entwistle, and you know, like everyone else was <clears throat> somewhat, um, yeah, hemmed in and their end. So, um, yeah, I, I a, you need, I, yeah, you you need elite players to play with elite players too, right? Like, it's, I'll, I'll say this much: uh, the, the one encouraging thing you want, and I, and I pushed him a couple of times on this. Is there any way he could envision? you know, quote unquote, going for it this year. And, and and to me, going for it means even like keeping the band together just through the end of the season, yeah. rather than trying to flip a Max Domi or an Athanasi or God forbid Kane and Daves. And uh, he was 
He's like, look, I'm not going to rule anything out, but that's not what we're doing here. We're playing the long game no matter what happens this year. And that's what you want to hear if you're a Blackhawks fan because that's not what they did in the past. They would get suckered in by fool's optimism and then make go-for-it-now decisions and it would bite them in the butt. And that includes the Seth Jones trade. Again, we talk about this all the time. Seth Jones is a very good player, but they gave up too much for him and it really set them back a number of years in terms of roster construction because they gave up a lot of assets to get him. And uh, that's something that Kyle Davidson seems a lesson that he's learned from being on the staff that did that. And he is not going to let any, you know, decent play this year dissuade him from the long-term plan. It's not about the 2023 spring. It's about like the 2026 spring and nothing's going to change that. I I think the key for Davidson is you you need to be far you need to be far enough out of the playoff picture on, on March third so that Kane and Taves both want out, um, you know Anthocu and and Domi um, are, are you know like you, you can't trade those guys if you're in the in the race right like you you can you know Kane and Taves Kane and Taves you know hold their cards but um, it's not like you can deplete the team if it's if it's doing all right you know like you you, you can't do that to anyone and you can't do that to Luke Richardson and, sure you, you know. can. You can, but that's, I just I, I think that's the whole point of the season. But right? I'm just I saying, mean, I'm just saying, if they're, if if they're, say they're in a playoff spot come March third, I don't see him trading it off. I, I, I also, I, yeah, I don't. I, I think he know. I think he understands it. Not that he's going to add players, but I I don't think that if they were in a playoff spot, that well, one Kevin Taves be like, we don't want to go. Um, I don't think he'd move those other guys. I I think I think they need to be far enough out. Um, and then what, what happens is, I and I, I think they're going to be far enough out, and then they have 25 games at the end of the season after the right. deadline. So that, if That's it's, a lot if, of points to lose. If it's 25 points without Kane, Taves, Aaron Thesiu, Domi, and, you know, whomever else, like that that certainly changes things. But, um, yeah, I, my sort of takeaway is that, yeah, I, I guess with Stan Bowman, it was always like he, you, he, he made you feel like he was smarter than you, you know, or like, like your questions were um, – yeah, like it was nonsense at times, or like you know, right. like and I, I, I with Davidson, it, it's um, he, there's less bullshit. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're they're spin on everything because you know yeah. he's not going to tell you. Like it's it's like that Blackhawks documentary. Like the the Blackhawks gonna have the greatest documentary ever right now because they're you know like you you're, you are preparing you know preparing for the future and so, someone 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 commented on my on on the on the Q and A and they're like you know I, I want to see behind the scenes camera of, of Kyle Davidson after a game celebrating a win then going off into a, a quiet room by himself and just breaking everything in the room <laughs> like that's how we all envision this happening it's like come on I had a plan you're ruining it yeah um but yeah I yeah I it just it feels like he understands the questions and he doesn't you know like he There's he less knows condescension what, yeah for sure um so um yeah, it it'll be interesting. Like it's um, but we're fifteen games in. We got what a lot more to go, but a lot more to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah certainly. Uh, we have some uh, some questions, um, from uh, Dan Novak. How does this team feel? Uh, an attitude different than in years past. Uh, you know, there, there there seems to be uh, uh, there's a defiance to this team. I've been going around. You know, I asked the same question of a lot of guys. Like, are you enjoying, like, you know, you guys are doing fine. They're not winning a ton of games, but they're doing fine. They're competitive. Are they enjoying this big kind of F you to all of us who said they were going to suck? And they are. They uh, Caleb Jones is a lot of them are like, oh, you know, we don't listen to that outside noise. Caleb Jones is like, oh, hell yeah, this is awesome. Like, you know, you know, we're all NHL players here. Like, we're not some scrubs off the street. We all know how to play this game. And, you know, we don't like hearing the things people were saying about. So I think that's part of the mindset they have is this kind of defiance, which I kind of like. 
But uh, I, I heard, uh, you know, at the morning skate yesterday, Jonathan Taze's comments. I wasn't there, but I watched the video. And he seemed to, you know, he was not taking shots at Jeremy Colton and even Derek King. But he was saying, you know, we have a coach who's on the ball here, who's got us all working in the same direction, who's got us doing things the right way. Uh, Jonathan Taves really seems to be enjoying this season. Like he's enjoying playing for Luke Richardson. He's enjoying that he's playing well. He's probably been the Blackhawks best forward, uh, best non-goalie even uh, all season long. And uh, it was interesting to hear him take some not so veiled shots at the previous administrations. Yeah, I I, I think the fact that Jonathan Taves is scoring goals, like I, I, that's what that makes him happy. You know, like it's <laughs> even when they were winning and he wasn't scoring goals, he he wouldn't be as happy. So it's uh, I, I think that's definitely helped. So yeah, I don't, it's it's a different group too, right? Like you have so many new faces, and um, yeah, I don't know guys that were. Uh, yeah, one they're prepared to lose, but you know, two like they, it's like a short stay, and everyone's just kind of, yeah, kind of. I, I guess there's a lot of motivation too, you know, like guys are playing for next contracts and to stay in the league and you know make their next deals and stuff. So it, it um, yeah, it feels like a lot of people pushing in the same direction, and it's not. Uh, in the years past, like you'd walk in the room and it was, you know, we've talked about this before, and there'd be so many veterans, and now, um. Yeah, I mean, with Kershaw's with the fourth longest tenured player yeah. on the team, like it's yeah, and it's these young guys, you know, it doesn't matter if you're winning or losing. You're having a. I, I remember talking to some of the Red Wings when they were in town a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, you know, when things were really bad, yeah, the veterans were miserable at the time, but we're all like, sweet, we're in the NHL, yeah. this is awesome. So there is some of that. This is such a young team, you know. Mackenzie Entwistle is not going to be complaining about being in the NHL right now. He's having a good time. It's it's fun to be an NHL player. And uh, I think that helps go a long way too. Or you know, Kane is always fed off of that stuff. He 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 likes to hang out with the younger players. And I think Taves is getting some of that too. It was interesting to hear, uh, um, you know, some some of the people talk about Taves now. He's been you know still pretty for at the forefront of welcoming a lot of these young guys and and doing you know organizing uh, team bonding activities on the road and things like that. It's not like he's off on his corner as the old guy. Uh, he he's involved with all of this stuff. And I think everyone on the team is enjoying themselves. I think Kane is a little frustrated by like he's, he's torn because he's having fun and he's liking the way the team is playing, but he's not producing as much as he'd like to. And eventually that could lead to some, you know, unhappiness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, the fact that power play is opening up a little bit, I, I think it's going to produce and I, he's yeah. never been one too much where you know, like, certainly you want to produce a five and five, but it seems like if he gets points, he gets, you know, like this is the time of year where he tends to get hot too. Yeah, so like, yeah, I, I think they need to figure out some things five and five, and it's I mean it's it's not just him, it's it's sort of the whole whole group. So, uh, Hawks must be. Ha- this is from Sean. Hawks must be happy with Ryan Green's play and BU as a freshman. It's still early, but he seems like a nice second round pick. Um, yeah, he was tearing he, it up. Yeah, yeah, he had a big week, and he was the uh, hockey East player of the week. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah, I, I think a there's a five lot of, point game in there. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of encouragement about. Um, you know, you know, just even talking to Colby Cohen the other day, who's pretty tapped into BU, just uh, it, it seems like, you know, the staff at BU is pretty, pretty high on him and people are pretty optimistic. And um, so, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, they had a lot of first and second round picks and they needed a bunch of those guys to hit. So, uh, you know, green, it's, it's a little early, but it's, yeah, it certainly seems like a nice, uh, at least there's some potential there. So here, overskate, uh, overskate wants to know Max Domi should be in the big picture. Is he? Uh, I mean, he's 27 years old, which makes him ancient in a rebuild. Uh, he, he was, 
he was pretty clearly signed to be flipped at the deadline. He's a yeah. guy who was a former 30 goal scorer who, if he got hot and he was playing with Patrick Kane, might put up enough points that someone would give up yet another first round pick. Could you imagine if they had four first round picks next year? Um, I mean, if Ryan Hartman can get you a first round pick a while back, then maybe Max Domi can too. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to envision him being here beyond this season. That's he was here to resurrect his career and get a big payday over the summer, and he was brought in by the Blackhawks to get a draft pick. I mean, it was a mutually beneficial thing. Yeah, I I, th- I think the challenge was I mean the one thing with Hartman was that I, I he was younger and it's like you you traded him thinking that he was part of your future right like he was gonna be an RFA I I think with Domi um yeah I think it'd be a little bit harder just because the uh, he's gonna be a UFA and you know like yeah. you're it's uh yeah so some of the contract stuff has to do that with uh from Spike T um so where do you think the Blackhawks will draft it doesn't look like this team will be picking top three doesn't matter could Connor Bedard be overhyped. Uh, no, on the last question, I yeah, he looks pretty, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's averaging with like nine shots, uh, shot at Thompson game or something like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's way too early. I mean, it's it's. I mean, we just talked about this a lot. Um, I, I think it does matter. I think, um, I think there are teams that certainly draft well, but um, more often than not, the the elite talent still those guys in the top five. You know, like they're um, a lot of times put into watching these players and certain some players are missed and some are um yeah just i guess don't pan out but i, I think more often than not i mean guys like Cannon taves still are top five picks and when you look at most of the superstars around the league they're you know mcdavid's and the matthews they're all you know guys that get picked early so th- there is still something to be drafted early so yeah we'll right, see scott, I, scott let, let's say you, you let's say the blackhawks are picking third overall the dard and fantilli go one two do you take mitchkoff if you think you won't get him for three years yeah, if he, if he's I I don't know enough about the draft class. Um, but yeah, I mean if he's if there's still a a, a wide difference between him and the next guy, I think, I think I mean, there's people to. saying that he's as good as Bedard. It's just the contract situation that's concerned. Yeah, I, I I think you have to right. Like it just it's, I mean three years. One he comes in the league, he's probably ready. Um, it's it's I, I know you're slightly gambling that he doesn't come over then but i i think that he he's usually people are motivated because the money here is still a lot better than the khl um eventually so yeah i i think you have to like i just i don't you better be better be certain about the next player that it, it has be. to it has to be a team like the blackhawks though one that knows it's not going to be that it's years away from competition otherwise yeah. uh, fan base is going to be I, I think a lot of people that. have to sign off on that like yeah. above davidson even just uh you know like we're a different animal can you, can you sell Mitchkoff jerseys while he's still in Russia? Like, <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Uh, Matt Mags provides us with a perfect segue <laughs> to our next segment. Can Scott share any insight about writing the book with Marion Hosa? Um, Tell us about it. Yeah, it's uh, we, we started this, I think, in December of 2020. So uh, I, I've been listening. Uh, we, we, we are eventually going to get Marion Hosa on the on, on the podcast, I promise. He's but, doing everyone else's before he does ours. Yeah, I, uh, I sort of <laughs> dropped the ball and asked him a little bit too late where his schedule is already packed. So I sort of assumed that uh, I'd get him, but it's it hasn't worked out that way. So at some point, we'll get Hosa. Um, I, I think his, it, it actually, his is on the... Uh, he sat down with Cus, or not sat down. Yeah, he'll be on the athletic hockey show, right? Yeah, so I think that's how it comes out today. But um, yeah, so we we started it in December of 2020, and uh, from the other podcasts I've listened to with Hosa, he's uh, he said that he he's surprised. You know, I guess he was surprised initially how long they told him it was going to take, and he's like, um, he's like he didn't believe them. He's like, oh, we got to do it faster. And then he's been telling he's been telling people it's taken two years. It's it's been a little bit shorter than two years. And we also missed a deadline or two, but it's, uh, <laughs> um, it's, uh, it, it was interesting. Like we, we, we did so many zoom calls and, um, you know, I'm sure he was sick of hearing from me at times, but well, you went um, out to Slovakia a couple of times too, right? Yeah. I went out to Trenchin once and, you know, spent three days there and, um, it was, uh, yeah, my third time in, in Trenchin. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, you know, we, we spent a lot of time talking and kind of figuring out, um, you know, where we wanted to go with the book and then kind of zeroing in on things. And then we, uh, you know, he wanted to get some other voices in there. So I talked to, you know, I talked to what 15 other people or whomever. And, you know, we talked to, um, you know, Crosby and Cannon Taves and, you know, guys from, uh, guys from Trenchin, like, uh, Gabrick and, uh, Chara and, you know, other people in his, his, his life. And, um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was an interesting process. Like it was just, um, you know, with uh, the the first book with Belfry, it was a lot more hands off, and this was a little bit more hands on, and just you know, just kind of getting hosted to where he was happy with the book and his stories, and and then you know, like we're getting toward the end, he's like, oh, I thought about this Dennis Rodman story, and you well, know, that was this, a good one, yeah, all, all these different ones, like, all right, all right, Marion, we'll fit <laughs> That's it. Pretty in. funny. <laughs> and then later in the process, he found out his wife was pregnant, and um, so it was kind of adjusting things, and it'll be interesting. I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I believe there's a paperback, and so I'm sure on the paper. I'm, I'm curious about the logistics of it, and I don't know if you're allowed to get into this or not. But like, like you sit down and you talk with him, and you're basically you're writing his you're writing it in his voice. Yeah. As a writer, I'm curious how that process works. Like, and does he do you do you, he talks? You put it into the you know prettier sentences, and then you like email it to him and say, "Is this okay with you?" I'm curious how that process works. Yeah, it was you know I, I'd write a like I. My struggle with like the same thing with the like, most stories was just kind of like where do I begin, you know? And I, I was like I need to get one chapter done, and uh, and I want I wanted it to be u- unique in some way, and you know, or, or just something that even interests me in doing this book. And so the first chapter I wrote was I, I go, you know, the the big story is you winning the cup and you having to you know wait for it. So I said, like, you know, let's try to tell this in a different way. You know, everyone knows kind of the general details, but let's let's try to piece together that day so we um you know it's basically 24 hours the one chapter was you know him waking up the morning that he won the cup and kind of everything going through that day and um and, and you know writing that and then you know i sent that to him and you know we got it to where he wanted and um i, I guess part of it was me you know as as we, we we spent so much time talking and you know me getting understand what he wanted in the book that it it made it easier to write as time went on and mm-hmm. um and then you know uh, you know some of it was that he had a you know kind of express what he wanted in the book and um you know we there were times where he wanted it more um easygoing and 
um, you know, just more, just a little bit lighter or just more conversational. And, um, you know, and that's what, you know, at the start of the book, I try to create that a little bit too, where he, you know, he, he's kind of talking about himself and, uh, in third person, you know, like, um, you know, imagine Marion Hosa coming home from school and, um, you know, like the first thing he wants to do is make sure that everything's organized. And it was sort of, you know, we, we wanted to set the, this tone for the book about how much that was preparation for it. And, you know, like him getting the Blackhawks, um, you know, like it was all set up by him going to Pittsburgh and, you know, that one year in Detroit and kind of preparing this plan for it. And he's, he's very much, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, he likes to have things, uh, very set and organized. And, you know, one of the things I got to learn about him was that he, he loves gadgets. Like he's the guy who, you know, the new iPhone comes out and he has to have it sort of thing. And he tells a story in the book about how he, uh, his wife wanted a, uh, a vacuum cleaner for the, the kitchen, like a small one, um, just so that she could pull out occasionally. And he said, all right. And she's like, oh, I think I want this one. And, he, and Jose had to go do his own research. And uh, he comes back. And he's like, oh, this is the best one. And 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 she's like, oh, I just want this one. And he's like, well, I'm going to get this one, too, because, you know, I've done a lot of research. And he's like, and she's like, I can never win with you, you know, like, j- just get the one you want, because it's I'm not going to have two small bag cleaners. So um, he's very, yeah, he's uh, and, and, he, and he's been that same way in his business. You know, he he took over the family. Him and his cousin had had run a uh, a family like it's a meatpacking and they sell some foods, pierogies and stuff. Um, but uh, and and he's taken uh, since he retired, he he took over the ownership and he had, he had more of you know he's just a, kind of a name on the company before and now he's taken over and um and, and it, the, the the company could have folded, but you know he, he's put a lot of time into rebranding it and reworking it and so yeah he he's sort of away with all parts of his life. So yeah, it was an interesting process. You know I. I feel like I got a uh, you know a doctorate in Marion Hosa here, and um, it's uh... yeah, you know, it, it, the book was great. I mean, I'm not just saying that because I'm your friend and partner here, but uh, the book's great. Like, I, I when I read it, I was like, man, I covered this guy for years, and I didn't know like one tenth of this shit. So yeah, no, and I didn't too. Like, that of, was there's a, a lot of there's a lot of really good insight. He opens up about a lot of things that he was always really reticent to open up about. Uh, it, it's it's a really it's a really interesting and enlightening read on a guy that you know is universally beloved. So I, I hope everybody goes out and buys it. It's on shelves now. Is yeah, that the best is it the best? Just walking into a bookstore and like, there's your book right there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah no, it's uh, yeah. I, I had to go that first day to check it out, and I, uh, um, yeah, your book was still on the shelf too. That was like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just nobody buys it anymore. That's why. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there will be some came out, Christmas came copies out five book. five years ago today. Actually, yeah, that's awesome. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I think like at some point maybe you and I we can work on a project. Yeah, like yeah, we could do that. Right. We, have a little, we have a little history writing uh, co bylines. Yeah, yeah. We, should, we, could, we could do, do something like a, outside the box, like in the completely non-hockey. Let, let's do like a a, a, a three hundred page tape to tape. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was I was gonna go over prospects. We talked we talked about. Uh, uh, oh no! Actually, we're gonna talk about Hosa's retirement. <laughs> like it was a segue in the book. I appreciate you talking about the book, but uh, Marion Hosa's number is gonna be retired on Sunday. Um, well, I, 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 I think we've talked about. That. I, I love Mariano. I'm still surprised they're retiring his jersey. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this the last few days, and like we've been trying to discuss like what kind of content we want to do with leading up to it, and it's like we've written so much about Marion Hosa. You're a little hosted out, I understand. Yeah, too. and even like <laughs> like we just he just came up on the uh, NHL 99 list, and and Max uh, Max had done a really nice story about him, and um, this feels like Marion Hosa had a special place he has a special place in rocky words heart like this mm-hmm. this feels like his 
yeah, for whatever reason, it, it's you know, like Hosa was a big deal signing, but it was beyond that. And and I, I think some of it's you know, Hosa is a person, and 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 you know, like it just uh, um, yeah, I don't, he just the I think where Rocky took to him, you know, for Rocky to sit up there um, on stage with him when they. Uh, when he was here last time, like I, yeah, I don't know. It, it just feels like something where it just, uh, um, I mean, who could ever say a bad word about Marian Hosa? I mean, I, yeah. I get it, but it just, it, it, it opens an interesting debate with everybody else on that team. Like, oh, you no, could I, argue I, I, that I don't, yeah, I, 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 I Sharp and oh, yeah, Fred no. Seabrook and Nicholas Jalmerson and Corey Crawford, even. I mean, a lot, it opens the door Hosa, to a, Hosa a lot Shunin, of jerseys, yeah, yeah. The Crawford, I, 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 especially the three, like, I think the ones that have won three cups, like, it's. By by doing Hosa first, like I, it, it it's gonna be odd if I always thought there would be just a banner for the core and all the seven guys would have the, Kane Taves and Keith would have their own jerseys retired and there'd be a banner for the core with all seven of those guys. I yeah. thought that was the way they were gonna do it. Now it's if you retire Hosa, I don't see how you can't retire Seabrook. I don't, I honestly don't see how you can't retire all right. All, all Jalberson and Sharp. Sharp right? uh, people people sleep on Patrick seven Sharp. Them, Patrick them. Sharp was a really good player. Yeah. I mean, even if you look like the analytics and stuff, like it, Hosa meant something, but not more than like not more than anyone else. Yeah. Like it was, I I know that he was significant, um, because of the signing and the magnitude, and it felt like he was the piece that put them over the top. But all all like it was such a yeah. I it's everyone and, played their role to perfection, and they right. were so deep and, um, like even I mean, Odui and Jarmelson were. Uh, they they allowed them to do other things, you know. Like it just it just it it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think I get why they're retiring Hosa, but I, I think I think it's the wrong fact that he's in the, he, all of them at this the, point. the like, fact just, that he's in the Hall of Fame probably plays something to do with it. But that a lot of that's because of what he did in Ottawa and Atlanta. Like, and, and all of them are gonna be. I mean, Seabrook and Sharp probably won't be in the Hall of Fame. Um, the the rest will be. Um, so yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, if like. If Sharp and Seabrook are the only ones that aren't retired, like well, Jalmerson, I mean, yeah, but but I, I think I don't know, they become, I mean, they, you're, you're they gonna, become conspicuous by their absence, yeah. Like if you have four of them and, and the th- other three aren't, like it's and, and and that's the thing. If your argument is they have to be in the Hall of Fame, we'll find you can get away with it being because Kane Taves and uh Keith are going to be only three other Hall of Famers from that group, but it shouldn't be about their Hall of Fame is supposed to be what they did with the Blackhawks. Yeah. And, and Hosa, Hosa, as great like as Hosa was, career wasn't built yeah. in Chicago. Right. Like it was it's Sharp, part of it. Sharp, Jalmerson, and, uh, and, uh, all of them. Seabrook, right, right. Yeah. They, they were just as important, if not more important, to Marinosa. So yeah. it opens Sh- Sh- I mean, Sharp, for Sharp and Keith, especially, they, they were the ones that were pre, you know, like pre, yeah. pre, they were here before it got good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. I, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I've certainly been thinking about it the last few days, and and retiring hosts, it, it just it, it feels like everyone should be retired. Like it's, um, I get why, and I I understand it, and 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 he's worthy, but he's yeah, he's not more worthy or much more worthy than anyone else. Are you going to retire Doug Wilson now that he's in the Hall of Fame because he deserves to be retired too? Like Steve Larmer, obviously should be up there. I mean. You could argue for Jeremy Roenick and Chris Chelios. I mean, there's a million guys you could start arguing now that Hosa opened the door for now. And at some point, you're going to run out of numbers. Yeah. I, I the, the longer they don't retire Wilson and Larmer, like, just, just it's, you know, like, it's apparent that it probably won't happen. Um, yeah. I, I think the fact that you've done Hosa, like, it's, it, it, the question, it's more about that three cup team to me, at least, you know, like, it just, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see how you value him more than than any of those other players. And and yeah. sorry, and Keith and and Keith and Taves and Kane for sure will get their numbers retired. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I don't. It, it'll it would be odd, like like those guys get together for celebrations. Everyone's numbers up there except for Jarmelson and it's Sharp uh, and Seabrook. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll. Uh, and I, and I, we didn't, we didn't, you know, when we sat down with, with Jamie Faulkner and, and Denny Wirtz, we, you know, we spent our time asking questions about the, uh, the report. And I know other people had asked them about that and, and they sort of hinted that there's other plans and, and thoughts going forward. Um, and probably some of it depends on how bad they are the next few years. Like how, how, <laughs> how, how, how many more tickets, maybe. Yeah. So, um, it, it sounds like it's something they're aware of. It didn't sound like they hinted to too much. Um, but it, yeah, I, I mean, Hosa's, a lot of this feels like it was rocky driven and um yeah it, now it's just it's yeah what do you do next right like it's the yeah i mean it i mean keith and seabrook are done now right like i mean it's it's yeah and, and keith and seabrook are franchise icons much more than again marion hosa is as yeah. much as as beloved as and deservedly so as hosa is keith and seabrook are tent poles they are franchise pillars up there with Kane and Taze, and I don't know how you can have hosts up there and not have those guys. Yeah, and, and guys that were—I mean, they were drafted by the organization and, yeah. and came through it and homegrown, homegrown yeah. superstars. Yeah. Um, and if it wasn't for their contracts, they probably would have retired as you know Blackhawks yeah. do. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, interesting stuff. Um, uh, and then yeah, we we're gonna transition slightly to prospects, and we, we talked about uh, Green, and uh, there was another question about Dominic bass from uh mike mcgeever and um bass has played really well for st cloud state and um so i, I think they have their eyes on him you know he's like a 935 save percentage um st cloud state's really interesting where i i went to go i was going through the box scores and they give up like 15 shots a game and it's uh it's a really good defensive team so um i, I know the blackhawks are they're certainly keeping an eye on bass and um you know, if if he's good enough, I'm I'm sure they'll consider signing him too. You can never have enough, uh, you know, decent goaltenders and guys that have potential. And um, you know, I, I, we we talked about uh, Reichel last time last time we did the podcast, and it's it sounds like he's had some better efforts since uh, since last game. It, it's still a really interesting team because it's driven by by these these veterans. Uh, it, it, you know david gust who, who's been turning it up but he's also 28 years old so it's uh, it's it's such it's, it's a... really interesting how like this this team could be rebuilding so much and have so many veterans in the nhl and in the ahl it just goes to show how like they have a good prospects in the system but they're all so far away they're all in yeah. junior or college yeah and part of it's they wanted to have the the veterans in rockford because when uh you know like the end of the season like guys like Korchinski and uh doc and yeah there's a handful of guys who can either some of them are turning pro and and some of them can leave junior and, and juniors yeah. and play in, in, in ahl so uh, they they want to give those guys some playoff experience and they felt like you know um th- there weren't there weren't a lot of prospects in the system at least forward wise that they had too high you know high hopes for and that's why even guys like evan barrett were traded <clears throat> so you, you only have a handful of prospects that are um i guess legitimate prospects so they you know they wanted to build with veterans and um yeah, it gives some of those guys uh, a chance to play in you know some meaningful AHL play in a Calder Cup playoffs at the end of the season too. So I feel like I'm losing my voice here. But um, any uh, any movies in uh, in Cali? Yeah, I saw Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I always have to watch the Marvel movies on opening night because 
uh, I live online and I'm very, I follow a lot of pop culture people and everything will get spoiled if I don't. I tell myself it's so that I can make sure that there's nothing objectionable so the kids can go, but it's really just because I can't wait for the kids to have a day off so that I could go. Um, it was really good. Um, it was very sad in a lot of ways. I mean, it's all about, it's it's, it's like a two hour and 41 minute uh, pay on to Chadwick Boseman and you really feel it from the actors who lost someone very close to them and it's, um, but beyond that, it's it's overstuffed. It, it's like typical Marvel stuff where they are adding so many characters for future projects yeah. that really kind of derail the story a little bit, but we're kind of used to that from Marvel now. Two hours and 41 minutes is a long movie. You better be as good as Infinity War or Endgame if you're going to do that, but it's really good. It's beautifully made. Uh, Ryan Coogler is just a fantastic director. Um, Angela Bassett. I, I love the fact that you have, that the Marvel movies have become so uh, acceptable that you have people like Angela Bassett acting their asses off yeah. as if this is like real cinema now like take that martin scorsese i mean it, it is really well done it was really good it was very sad you'll cry uh yeah it's good go see it i i finally went to go see a, a banshees of inner sharon which is martin mcdonough's new movie yeah uh, i've heard that's supposed to be really good yeah it was uh yeah I, I was told going into it that it wasn't like uh in bruges but it was i actually want to i'd like to see it again here in the next week because it um, I I walked away. Like it, it feels like a lot more like uh, Martin McDonough's plays. Um, it's uh, th- there's some really dark humor to it, and um, it, it you know ba- it's based in uh, the Aran Islands, you know, you know, kind of very secluded part of Ireland, and it's um, yeah, it, it it felt like he's he's got a bunch of plays that I I've seen, and this had more of a play feel to it, and it was it was really good. It was just uh. And I, I love uh, Brendan Gleeson and, and Colin Farrell, and, and certainly you know they they play off each other so well. And um, yeah, Marvin, they, they are really them. adorable together in all their press interviews and in SNL. Like they're they're very cute together. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, yeah. is it is it sad that I'm gonna wait for that to come out on streaming so I can watch it with closed captioning on? Like <laughs> I watched I watched Belfast the first time without captioning, and I think I heard like seven words the whole movie. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an ear for that accent yeah. at all. Now the Belfast accent's a little bit different. This was more of, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, this, this is more like sing songy. Uh, this is very over the top Irish accents too. So it's um, coming from me, Lucky it, Charms. It's more like feck and you know, like uh, feck. Uh, um, so, but uh, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm glad I went. So yeah, I'd like to see it again. So it was. Uh, yeah, I haven't been actually. I, I went to go see the other movie you recommended. The uh, uh oh uh, bros. bros bros yeah i, I thought yeah. that was good too that was uh yeah was i think you and i are the only two people in america who saw it based on the box office it's it's unfortunate so. it's a bummer <laughs> yeah um yeah so next week uh yeah at some point we'll have host on here potentially next week and uh he he has some signings and i think i'm actually going to go to one on thursday downtown so nice. um if for some reason you want me to sign a book as well <laughs> uh, but, but more importantly host will be there so uh, anyways, we will be back here next week for Mark Lazarus. I'm Scott Powers, and this is Lazarus Powers. And I know that I can fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try? Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub. 
an official partner of The Athletic.